Hi, everyone. You're listening to Hotel Vicarious, a podcast where two best friends talk about their favorite TV shows and movies. This week's episode covers the season two premiere of The Witcher. Hello. Hey, Jenny. Hi, Daria. Can you believe we have arrived at this moment? I feel like we've been building up to it for like six months now. So long. I feel like when we started this podcast, we were like, we're going to do The Witcher. Yeah. (laughs) We were like banking on it. And now we are here. Now we are here, which is like also, how does time work? No, I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) But yeah, we are here. Witcher season two has officially dropped on Netflix and wow I am not quite finished I have one episode left to watch same same I saved myself the finale and I don't know why because it means I can't go online I know which it means like I have to watch it immediately after we finish recording because then I have we have too much promotion to do for this (laughs) this episode so we have to like immediately go and watch the um, finale but so far, I really like it. I'm really, I'm really enjoying, really enjoying it. I'm enjoying that Geralt is a little bit more chatty. He's got so much more to say this season. A lot more to say. And I think that's an intentional choice. I think, I remember, I think it, we were talking about it or we had read somewhere that Henry Cavill said that he wanted Geralt to not be quite so stoic perhaps i think is maybe i'm not sure that's the right word. yeah stoic um as no, he was in season word one for him yeah you know mm-hmm. like he was very much like very minimalist and like we had a lot of grunting and mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of groaning and, you know but yeah no i felt like they definitely gave henry cavill a lot more material to work with and he delivered for sure and i think it's an interesting like season one we're just getting to know the world we're just getting to know Geralt. so it actually kind of works. He's a little bit more quiet. He's a little bit more, you know, like yeah. choosy yeah. in the things that he does want to say. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it's nice to see him actually come more into his own now in season two. Yeah. Because he really is the driving force of every single episode and and most of the action. So, you know, you need to hear yeah. so much more out of him. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about how, just to draw a quick parallel between The Witcher and The Last Kingdom... You know, we've talked about before how Alexander Draymond, who plays Uhtred, is in like a significant portion of every episode of the show because, you know, the show is about him primarily. And obviously there's different scenes that he's not in in any given episode. But for the most part, he is on screen like a good 75% of the time, which I mean, and we've seen article, we've seen interviews with him where he does say like, the crazy kind of hours that he does, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms of being on screen and doing executive producing and all of that stuff right but then you think about what henry cavill like does he sleep because he (laughs) is in like 90 percent of almost every episode he's in way more episodes than or way more content per episode i think than even alexander is for utrid yeah like it's like i as we were watching i was like what does this how does this man survive yeah and his present is felt even when he's not in a scene which i think is also definitely incredible like you know there's something about this role for him that is perfect well i think yeah part of it is like Geralt of Rivia is like Henry Cavill's dream role. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it is something he has wanted to do for many, many years. So a, a character he's always wanted to play. And so it must be super fulfilling to be able to bring that character to life for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely, I'm sure that's a driving factor in, you know, his performance as well. But yeah, no, I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying uh, Freya Allen as Siri. She's amazing like she's so good this this season like she was really good last season but we saw very little of her I felt but this season she takes such a bigger role and she does such a great job she's really really fun to watch I love that we're getting so much more personality out of her like I really 
I mean, we're just getting Gen Z Witcher, basically, with Siri. Yes, which is like, <laughs> I kind of love it. I love it. It's so good. Yeah. I will say, the only thing about the season, and not the only thing, but the big thing for me this season, is Siri's overall costuming. I don't know why they put her in that wig. I don't know why they did it. Yeah, I... Her looked great in season one. The wig is really distracting. But I feel like the wig kind of disappears as the episodes go on because I didn't notice it as much in the later episodes. It definitely depends on how it's styled. In in episode one, it is very distracting. Also, she has eyebrows, which was yeah. another thing that was like, oh, okay. But also, the other thing that I didn't really realize until I saw an article about it was that I I think, I'm not sure when they started filming or season one, but I I think it was like 2018 is when they started filming, I think. think Because the show was released the end of 2019, right? Yeah, so they started filming in 2018. And they were supposed to start filming season two in like... I don't know, the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. But then they had to like, I don't know. Anyway, all I read basically this whole long thing is to say that Freya Allen is much older than they expected her to be when season two came in. Because she, I mean, it's it's been hours since season one and she looks significantly older. I know. And like, listen, I totally get it. I think the, I think she had requested that they stop dyeing her brows, which makes a ton of sense. She didn't have to have these pale brows anyway. So yeah. it's jarring, but it, at least it's natural in a sense. The wig really throws me. Yeah. But I got, you know, you get over it. Because- oh, the eyebrows I didn't even notice after, after, uh, and honestly yeah. the wig too. After like episode two, three, I didn't even notice anymore. When she has her hair up or like in a braid, it's much less noticeable. It's much less noticeable. That first episode, it was real, giving me real Cersei Lannister vibes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a lot. Yeah, I think one thing that you guys will hear from me whenever we watch something, period, is I will pick out every bad wig. <laughs> well, they're easy I, to I find. can't help it. I can't help it. They're just so bad. I know. And these, movie, these movies and TV shows have such good budgets that you should never see a bad wig. I, I have seen better Party City wigs on a drag queen than I have seen in some period shows. So I know it can be done. It's so true. I know it can be done. It can be. But. Yeah, but that aside, I feel like the season delivered. It gave me what I wanted. It felt more contained. I mean, I have a couple of things that I will mention at the end on our final episode that I feel like could have been added. But for the most part, I really, really, really did enjoy it. I liked the character development for some characters that we hadn't really seen a lot of last season. And I'm, I'm looking forward to chatting about every episode it's gonna be super fun yeah i'm i'm ready i'm excited i think you know as we get into each episode recap it is like as you said you know we get to see more of certain characters that we didn't get to see last season and the way that we've been able to expand on them is really really fun so i'm so ready to begin season two episode one yes me too okay So, season two, episode one, called A Grain of Truth. Basically, the the season opens with such a great, such a great monster, like, it's really reminiscent of, like, those Monster of the Week episodes. And that was, sorry, and I'm just gonna, like, completely negate what I just said. This is the only other issue I have with the show, and it's not a Witcher thing in particular. It's all shows. Everything is so freaking dark. Oh my god. It is so hard so to see. So dark. It is so hard to see. It is not as bad as Game of Thrones, but it is not great. The only saving grace that Witcher has is they have a lot of daytime scenes. Yes. <laughs> like truly. Yeah, I, it's true. We we were watching at night with all of our lights off and the first like two and a half minutes I was like, what? What is that? I was like, who like, is was... these? Who are these people? Should we know them? No. I know. I was like, are they important? No. And then five minutes later, as they're being eaten one by one, they're not. They're not. They're just a merchant family who got eaten. And then that's that's pretty much it. But I I will say, though, I mean, that kind of intro 
speaks to a lot of what I love about The Witcher. It leads into those like monster horror moments really, really well. Yeah. So once that happened, I was like, yes, yes. we're back. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And then we kind of like flipped to like a much different kind of horror. So we see the aftermath of the Battle of Sodden and it is not pretty. It is real not pretty. There's like 29,000 people are dead. There's a lot of mages looking real bad. And it's interesting. So we know that at, in the finale of season one, after Yennefer unleashes her chaos and uses her fire magic, we see King Foltest yes. coming down, yeah. right? So we know that they bought time. At the beginning of this episode, the only people we see still on the battlefield are the mages. Yes. And they're like cleaning up and killing all of their surviving um Nulf guardians. Right. And so it's so interesting to me, like, what happened to the actual soldiers? Because, like, does Vilgefortz need to be jamming swords in everyone's neck? Like, I don't... I thought that was a very sort of odd thing. Like, is that really something that was necessary? Like, I mean, I guess they're, like, they don't want prisoners, but they don't want survivors, I guess. Like, is that... It just seemed like a weird sort of... I've seen it in a lot of... Oh, for sure. Historical things. Yeah. But I... It seemed weird. It just seemed kind of out of place, but like, maybe not. I don't know. It it just surprised me. Yeah. And it's like, I understand what Tissay is doing. So as we see all of these bodies, you know, you see Tissay wandering the woods and she's putting her hand on a bunch of fallen soldiers and you realize that one of her powers is that she can recall their last moments before death, which I thought was... Super badass. Yeah, I loved, and I liked that as a plot device to see the battle. Yes, that was a really cool callback to like, because yeah. there is a time jump, obviously, we don't get to see the end result. Yeah. But having Vilgefortz walk around and stabbing people, I was like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, I found that, I just thought it a little bit weird, but like, as the season goes on, like, my opinion of him, like, changes over time, so like, maybe it's not totally wrong. I don't know. So... We see Tissaia and she's like, she's basically looking for Yennefer. That, the, the yeah. whole point of her trying to look, reveal, like, look at these soldiers' last moments is she's trying to see if they can see Yennefer, she can see Yennefer in their, from their eyes. And of course she doesn't. She can't find her. She can't feel her. Nothing. She, Yennefer is gone. Like, she can't feel her. And Vilgefortz basically says that to her. She's like, she's, she, no, they're gone. There's 29,000 people on this field. She's not one of them. Like, she's gone. And then to say, like, let's have this, like, ch- huge scream of, of Yennefer. So good. Like, so good. And then it is, like, echoed by Geralt yelling Yennefer, which I thought was just, like, ooh, gives me the chills. And then then we finally have um, Geralt and to say a meeting and Ciri's on the horse with him. And I love how he's like, stay on the horse, like a total like, you know, stay in the car kind of moment. I thought yeah. that was really funny. Yeah, he immediately starts extolling these like dad safety oh measures. Like it, it like is a very natural thing that happens there. In some ways. In other yes. ways, he's like real bad. He's real bad. Well, at he's it. a dummy. <laughs> right. So, but no. So, you know, him, uh, he asks to say where Yennefer is and she doesn't really give him an answer, but basically like implies that she's dead. Yeah. And I, I, as a full on girl and Yennefer shipper, I loved this moment because A, I just love anyone hyping up my girl and he, and, and to say is very clearly like we would not have won this without her. Mm-hmm. And you can, like, see in Geralt's face that, you know, he's like, of course. Right. That's my girl. Right. Exactly. And it gives us that kind of, like, awesome moment where it's like you can see how meaningful Yennefer is to Tissaia. Mm-hmm. And then you can see how meaningful Yennefer is to Geralt. And that interaction to me is like, mm, I could just eat it up. I know. And and you can and you can see, on and kudos to Henry Cavill, is you can see without words the exact moment when he realizes she's dead. Yeah. Which is just, ugh, heartbreaking. Yeah. Especially when, you know, he's got Siri, who's, like, constantly asking him, who is Yennefer? And she's like, yeah. Fuck. Asking him every question under the sun. Right. Oh, I mean, basically. That's all she, yes. She does basically for this whole whole episode is just asking him things. It's true. 
um, after he, they leave to say, um, they just kind of leave, right? Like we don't, they just kind of, afterwards they are camped out in the woods and he finally does answer some of her questions, you know, about the law of surprise, about the debt. Um, and she finds out that he saved her father's life from her grandmother, which she had no idea about. And we're really starting to find out, like, she did not know a lot about what happened. Yeah. And I didn't realize, and, and you find out later in the season, kind of like when her parents died. And that's something that we didn't really know in season one and surprised me, but it makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. So yeah, so she finds out about that. But he doesn't really go into too much detail about it. Again, he's still kind of like season one Geralt at this point <laughs> where he's like real quiet. I mean, he's also just like lost the love of his life. And, you know, so like I, I understand. <laughs> and I think too, it's like he's only had this girl under his care for a few hours. Yeah. He has no idea what she's like. He has no idea, you know, who exactly. she is. Yeah. And he's trying to figure out like, okay, well, what? how should I be navigating this? Like, do I tell her the full truth? Yeah. Or do I try and like feed it to her and kind of see what she can handle if she can handle it Mm -hmm, at all? mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that was interesting. I thought, you know, we kind of get to see, you know, and they kind of talk about how they, they both don't sleep well. And, you know, so it's kind of like you see those sort of moments where he's trying to bond with her. He's trying. Oh, yeah. In his weird way. But he, he is trying. And then what do we get after? After that, I guess, oh, we get more of like the back at Eratusa, all the, it's like, it's like the bloodiest, goriest field hospital. Yeah, and it's so interesting too because, as we remember, the Brotherhood was basically split down the middle on who was going to help defeat Nilfgaard and who was going to hang back. Yeah. But once they come back, it is like all hands on deck. Yeah. Everyone is participating and making sure that everyone's okay and like trying to clean everybody up. And it is uh, interesting to see that despite all of the animosity, they're all still coming together. Except yeah. for Stregobor, who's nowhere to be fucking found, because that guy is useless. Yes. Yeah, we don't see him for a while, I don't think. Um, but yeah, he is not anywhere around. Um, but we do have, and I, I can't remember the name of the character, but Fringilla's uncle is there. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the people who was against helping Sintra, but he is there and he's helping and he, he's helping save Triss. Marigold, who we know from season one, is um, also friends with uh, Geralt, and she was in the battle. So then they start talking about, Tissaia is still on and going on and on about how she can't find Yennefer. Yeah. And then Fringilla's uncle is asking about Fringilla, and then Vilgefort starts going on and on about how, like, who cares about your niece we need to talk about our prisoner our captive yes oh my god this point here yeah and it's like captive what and then we find out it's kahir or kahir or whatever the black knight (laughs) and again (laughs) this is where the politics of the world are confusing to me because wouldn't full test or any of the other northern kings want the prisoner of war why are the mages responsible for this kind of interrogation? Yeah, I mean, and even later, like in, I think, episode two or three, they don't really seem that interested in him. No, they're like, they don't seem interested in any of it. Entertain us with yeah. dealing with him. <laughs> like, it's very it's, weird. It's so strange to me. And I think, you know, obviously, as we get deeper into the show, it might be a little bit more clear, but... The way that the Brotherhood works is so bizarre. <laughs> it's so bizarre. It's like the kings don't know what they're like. They're like, well, you know, this is what we have with us. And this is we're assigned mages and supervisors. But like, can we really trust them? Who knows? Blah, 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 blah. It yeah. is all very interesting and weird. Yeah. I need more there. And I guess maybe they, they don't want that. Um, like, they don't want to be the ones to deal with it. So maybe it's like, oh, yeah, let them deal with it kind of thing I don't know it seems strange yeah so that was kind of one of the things I just felt it it felt very convenient to have captured him sometime in the battle that we didn't see I know like of all the people that you're gonna have as your POW it's gonna be the most important person on that side of the wall right and the the baddie from season one yeah and suddenly you just have like yeah (laughs) exactly so I'm like I just felt it was a little bit weird but I get with pacing and how they didn't want to keep going with that battle scene like battle scenes are terrible 
to film. So I understand why they didn't really want to do it. That being said, I don't know. It was weird, but fine. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see where it goes. So then I guess then we see just more of Siri and Geralt traveling. Mm -hmm. I got a lot of Skyrim vibes from (laughs) this episode (laughs) of Witcher. I really had that sort of like Norse sort of... I don't know. There's a lot of stuff I found, especially in like when they get to where they're going in episode two. Mm-hmm. It was like, it felt very much like the video game Skyrim. One of the things that I really thought was funny is Siri, she's always asking him something like, oh, well, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, no, not really. And then that's it. He explains nothing. Like that, I'm just like, like come on like I get it but also like this girl does knows nothing of the world (laughs) like no I know she's looking to you for a response here buddy yeah help a girl out right and then is that when they meet they go see his friend yeah well they pass by the village that we see in the very beginning of the episode and Geralt is like it is unusually quiet this seems shady as fuck Let's just keep going. Like, I have a friend who lives nearby. We can wait out the storm there. Because it is wintertime. It is cold. There is snow all over the place. And so they're going to rest for the night. And he just so happens to have a buddy who lives nearby. And that is Nivellen, who we know is like the son of... We find out in this episode, he's like the son of some lord, I guess, or something, who hired Geralt a long time ago to kill some kind of monster in their woods. Mm-hmm. And so that's, they've known each other for, since, since Nibelin was a child. Yeah. Now he is a full grown man at this point. He's not just a man. He is half boar? Yeah, he's cursed. Yeah. The fun thing with curses in this show is that you turn into some sort of animal man. You could be a hedgehog, a porcupine, right. a boar. A boar, yeah. He definitely has some, like, weird tusks. Yeah, yeah. He definitely is, like, a boar man or something. Right, yeah. Um, and he's played by Christopher uh, Heview, uh, who everyone knows as uh, Tormund from yes. Game of Thrones. What a perfect role. So good. I I love that guy. So I am just, I was so happy and I didn't know who he was going to play. I didn't know anything about, I actually, yeah, I I really had no idea. I knew he would, I knew there was a casting for him, um, but I didn't, I didn't know what he was going to play and he did such a great job um, in this episode. Oh my God. Yeah. Really good. So we find out he was cursed by a priestess because he trashed a temple when he was high on some sort of mushroom or something. (laughs) Yeah, it's sort of like an absurd thing. And I, I mean, this is what I love about the show because you get introduced to all these like really bizarre little stories. I mean, I think, you know, they're adapting a bunch of novels that are basically comprised of a bunch of short stories. Mm -hmm. So they have a lot of material to work with. And I appreciate that they do these sort of like little one-offs to Mm -hmm. give us more of that. Yeah, for sure. And it's so magical, this episode. He can, like, enchant things and make fully cooked meals fall from the ceiling and, like... A bathtub. Have a bathtub, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. It's, like, such a wonderfully funny introduction to him that you, like, immediately vibe with him. Like, you think he's so weird and so funny. Yeah. You do. And you love that Geralt is, like, annoyed, but in an... humorous kind of way well, like it's all in good fun you he's he's kind of giving uh Geralt a hard time like lovingly and jokingly and the mm-hmm. best part is that Siri is absolutely dying for it like she is yeah, enjoying she's living it. For she this. is yeah. loving it you know and especially when she says I, I think what they're eating and he asks if Geralt had told Siri how they had met and she goes mm, he's not the over especially chatty type <laughs> <laughs> which i thought was really funny oh yeah she she read him immediately oh yeah like, for sure for sure she knew exactly what kind of guy girl it was yeah and so we really we get in to see like sort of um he tells about what happened how him and Geralt met when he was a child and then we find out that he was cursed by this priestess and and yeah and it's all kind of just like everyone's having a good time eating dinner you know of course Geralt is like does not trust him at all. Franny just does not no. trust anything. Well, and I think that there's a scene while Siri is taking a bath 
that you kind of see or hear something shuffling around in the ceiling and you have no idea what it is right yeah and then i think later on after dinner she's like oh i heard that earlier i think did you have do you have a cat in the ceiling or something and he's like i do have a cat (laughs) and then which is like you know it's like immediately then you're like he does not have a cat (laughs) you're like what does he have and it's like you're just the the faces that girl pulls the entire interaction like you're waiting for him to figure it out because you know that something is weird and he knows that something is weird. You're just waiting for it to like yeah, come out into the open. Exactly. Um, but before we actually figure out what is in the ceiling, we head back to Eratusa and Tisea is performing some sort of brain reading torture on Kahir. Yeah, man. She is pissed. And she's going for it. Like, there is no such thing as, like, anti-torture here because she fucking went nuts. It looks like her fingers are inside his brain. I think they are. Like, it was so gross. It was so (laughs) gross. I think she literally, like, pokes his actual brain. But, like, oh, but, like, it's so weird. But, like, I, I guess it's with magic, but also it's real gross. And she's trying to figure out, I guess, just what he knows, basically. Yeah. But nothing. They can't seem to find anything. I think, is it, I think they said something how, like, Fringilla has put some sort of, some sort of wall Yeah, or like, there's some sort of mind. magical barrier. Yeah. Yeah, that prevents them from getting the information they need. It's like, he's, he's just, he, whatever she did made him too powerful to crack. Right, exactly. And then we finally, finally, finally see Yen. We see our and girl like, thank Yen. God. I know. I was a little bit thank nervous. Thank God I was a little bit that nervous. we, yeah, that we get her in in episode one. Because if I was gonna have to wait an hour, I know, to discover what had happened to my f- favorite, I was gonna be sad about it. Yeah, no, I I was really happy to see her again. Though we get the same sort of thing that happened with Kier. Somehow, Yen is kidnapped by Fringilla, and she's with Fringilla and a bunch of guards, and it's like, how did that happen? We have no idea. I know. My my theory is that when Yen used all of that fire magic, it knocked her out. I think that That's must have been. That's the only yeah. way that I feel like she could be vulnerable enough to be to be you know taken i no, i agree because like i and it just doesn't really i don't know it doesn't make sense because for one thing where yennefer was in the battle was not where fringilla and kahir were that's what i don't understand i know she was so far away so far she was, like, away up on a rock she was very far away like from a the forest away remember that forest yeah. that went up in fire guys she was a yeah. forest away so I found that very weird. But I am loving the Yen and Fringilla interaction, like, a lot. <laughs> yes. And I I love it because we didn't really get to see too much between them during the Aratusa training. No. But we do know that Yen takes the uh, original assignment that Fringilla had. Right. And so it's nice to see the two of them back together because of that tension. Yeah. Especially because Fringilla has, in her head, succeeded at Nilfgaard. And, like, yeah. she's doing these amazing things at Nilfgaard. And Yen mm-hmm. abandoned her post and isn't doing any of that. So it's like... Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, you stole you stole my post, but look how good I did. You know, kind of... Right. Yeah. So, yeah, there's definitely... I like seeing that sort of... And they have just really good chemistry on screen, the two actresses. So mm-hmm. I really... I enjoyed that. But... She now is behind enemy lines. Yes. Captured by Nilfgaard. And we find out, I don't know if season one covered this, but there's a kind of metal, like the chains that she's wearing, The it's like Demeterian or Demeterian or something that prevents Yen from using her magic. I don't remember that being a thing in season one uh, at all. Yeah, so it, it's a nice, interesting thing to like expand the world. Like how else would you capture a mage? Because Right, yeah, couldn't they just, shouldn't they just, I mean, assuming that you have your powers, couldn't, couldn't they just kind of escape, right? Yeah. So then before we get too much more into Yen and Frangilla, we are back um, with Geralt and Ciri. Um, and that is where Ciri is asleep and she meets Verena. Which 
Again. Man, creepy as hell. Yeah. Like, I fucking love this show. Horror is one of my favorite genres. When I saw her twist her teeny little body out of the hole in the ceiling and then, like, crab climb across oh the wall, God. I was like, that's my shit. So, and, like, that is not even the creepiest part about her character. No. It, but that is so creepy. And, like, her eyes, I don't know what they do to her eyes, but, but yeah, it is <laughs> creepy as fuck. And, but she is actually, like, not a terrible monster to Siri. She actually is quite kind. She gives, she's the one that left Siri the dress, we find out. And she wants to know why Siri is traveling with Geralt because she knows what Geralt is and he is someone who kills monsters. Yes. And so it's so interesting because I think everyone seems to know what Siri is before we know what Siri is and what before Siri knows what the Siri is. Yeah. And like, it is a really kind of sweet conversation. And I think you, you understand that Verena is being so kind to Siri because she feels a like monster kinship between them right and i mean clearly there's something there because um she stops speaking and starts talking to siri through their minds and so obviously there's something like she can connect to there and siri is obviously a little freaked out at first but then it just becomes this (laughs) i don't even know (laughs) how do you explain this fight scene (laughs) well okay first before we get into the actual fight scene uh, between Verena and Geralt, Geralt takes his, he tells Siri to run and go to Roach, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he takes this, whatever his Witcher potion is, and she doesn't run. And that's the yeah. first time she gets to see Geralt as like a, a Witcher, like with the black yeah. eyes and the black veins. And he is just like... What does he even say? I can't remember. Oh, I don't know what he says. It's like go or like run or something because like he just can't control himself around her even. Kind of, right? Like that's kind of like that's kind of the vibe that you get. A little bit that it's a little it's like unhinged. But I do think too that girl immediately jumps into protector mode and is like go, 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 go. Like when I tell you to run, you have to run. Yeah, and he does say that to her later. They have a conversation after they've escaped when he says, you know, when I tell you to run, you run. When I say hide, you hide. And she's like, I know, I know, I know. So, like, she does learn her lesson for sure. Yeah. But first we get this crazy fight scene, uh, Geralt and Verena. Well, and it's it's so interesting too, right? Because, like, Geralt immediately knows that something is up. He knows that his friend is lying and he knows that something is going on in the castle because he briefly leaves to investigate that neighboring village yes yep and he finds a few frozen bodies and if you remember while girl and siri are traveling to nivalin's house they find a like shredded fox yeah, or wolf on yeah. the side of the road and yep. girl starts to put two and two together and realizes that like there is something eating all of these villagers right right so when he gets back to the house and he sees Nivellin like sleeping in front of the fireplace and a Verena on top of him like sucking his blood. Right. Girl's like, all right, well, I called it. Right, right. Like, let's get to it, girl. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, let's throw down. Yeah. Yeah. And then and that's kind of they kind that and that kind of starts the whole fight scene between the two of them. And that is that when we see, yeah, so right as he, like, finds her, I guess, drinking Nivellin's blood, she, like, turns around and her whole mouth, I don't even know how to describe this, her, <laughs> her whole jaw just, like, opens to, like, rows and rows of yeah. teeth. It is terrifying. The character design in this show is so fucking cool. Yeah, it really like, is. I, but, it's so gross, but so good. The fight scene's really cool. Like I, it is. It's very good. I think one of the things I really like is that when Siri finally runs outside, 
she sees Verena as Verena, not as the monster. And Verena is like, he's trying to hurt me. And Siri just thinks, oh, no, she's someone like me. She gave me a dress, you know. Right. Nivlin is hiding she her. She got played. Because, <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. She, you know, Siri thinks Nivlin is hiding Verena because he's in love with her and he doesn't want a girl to kill her and blah, blah, blah. And then she just, like, unhinges her jaw again. And it's just like, oh, my God. And then eventually kind of turns into, like, this weird vampire yeah bat. so <laughs> Geralt calls her a bruxa okay and so that's <laughs> a bruxa is is like a mythological vampire oh, okay. it's like another right name for a female like kind of blood-sucking okay. woman basically unlike the angel from midnight mass <laughs> oh sorry yep <laughs> Yeah, so it's interesting, too, when he starts to start, like, when he starts actually hurting her, she loses the Verena yes. vibe and goes full into batty-eared, like, nasty-nasty. Yeah, yeah, she does. They get into a bit of a fight, and then she calls for Siri, and Siri kind of comes toward her, and that's when Verena grabs Siri and, like, threatens to hurt her. And Garal is, you know, is in front of them, and you... Don't really know what's going to happen, but all of a sudden, something pierces Verena's body, and it's Nivellin. Right. And he has, like, some kind of spear, and he, like... Uh, yes, yeah, and then she, like, oh, yeah, this is... How did I... This is why I blanked on it. Incredible. it is so terrifyingly creepy that I probably blocked it out of my mind. She, like, turns her head 180 degrees... And then her arms and starts Mm -hmm. crawling her way along the spear, pushing it through her body to get to Nevelyn. And at that point, that's when Geralt slices her head off. Yeah. After she tells Nevelyn that she loves him. Right. And at that point, she basically just like explodes into some like fiery. Her head kind of like falls to the ground though and before everything disappears she looks at siri and says he'll come for you too right yes yes and i think that kind of sticks with siri like at least from as we've watched the rest of the episodes and we'll get into later on it really seems to be like she starts to doubt she starts to believe that perhaps she is a monster yeah. That girl will eventually want, need to kill. And so, if that's not bad enough, right? Geralt and Siri confront Nivellin. Like, you've been harboring this monster. Mm-hmm. You knew what she was doing to the village. Mm-hmm. Like, what is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. And he says that she's the only creature that's shown him any sort of love and compassion since he's been cursed. Mm-hmm. And he was so lonely and he was so happy with her that he was going to ignore it. And he was hoping that maybe if he let her feed from him, it would help alleviate the attacks on everybody else. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't. And he's just a willfully ignorant, stupid moron. Mm-hmm. And what's really distressing is that in the aftermath of it all, he admits why he was cursed. He didn't just trash a temple. No, he didn't. He raped yeah. the, pri- the priestess. Yeah, yeah, he didn't even trash it. He, yeah, he, and then after he raped her, I guess she cursed him. Mm-hmm. But I guess because when Geralt kills Verena, that's when Nivellin turns back into a man, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he, the curse is lifted because something, the priestess told him that the curse could only be lifted through love and blood or something. Yeah. I don't remember the exact wording but it was basically like the only reason the curse was lifted was because Verena actually had like true love for him yeah she did actually love him yeah yes because losing love was more of a curse than being cursed as this boar like creature right exactly and that is just like it's so sad and just like you're just like so disappointed him in him at the end it's horrible and like you can see the difference on their face when they find out that he's a rapist and then yeah. that's why he was cursed yeah like girl's just like <sighs> like i brought this young girl into this home you know yeah like, fuck up dad thing number one yeah 
And Siri's like, I thought he was funny, and now we gotta go. Like, right. We gotta leave. Exactly. And then, yeah, so they leave, and that's when they have the conversation around the fire. Geralt is finally, his eyes have cleared. Um, they're no longer black, and he's, like, he's back to his normal self. And that's when he tells Siri, uh, when I say run, you run. When I say hide, hide. And she admits. She goes, yes, I know, I know, I know. So. There is one more thing I want to mention about Nivellin. Yeah. Because I think it helps set up the rest of the season. So that's what I love about this episode is so much sets up what we're going to see in the next seven episodes. When he's talking about all of his funny stories and, and about what happened to him and like, you know, all of the things that have been going on in the neighboring village, he mentions a, something about a portent of doom that he claims to have seen the wild hunt riding their skeletal horses across the southern sky. And Geralt's like, no. That's like horseshit. Like that's not real. Sorry, he said he said he saw that, or someone told him he saw that. No, Nivellin says. Okay, Nivellin said he he claims to okay. have seen something called the Wild Hunt. Okay, okay. And Geralt seems to recognize what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, we're all just sitting here like, what was that? Right, exactly. But I do obviously consider things like that to be like Chekhov's gun like oh for sure it's gonna come back at some point yes yeah and it definitely does (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then our final scene is with Yen uh, Yen and Frangilla and they are being attacked by something we we don't know what they're being attacked by or who and Yen is like "Uh, like let, let get me out of these chains so I can help you and that's where it ends so we don't know what happened so cool too because you have no idea what's attacking them and it's like these giant like Uh, bow and arrow sphere hook spear things yeah but they're huge they're like the size of telephone poles like they're gigantic yeah i would be like peeing myself if i were yen and right (laughs) right yeah it's definitely i i really like how it kind of ends with them like back to back they're kind of just like okay what's coming what an incredible scene to have them back to back like that. I was like, oh, oh, you're fighting together. Like, I know. I, I know. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I mean, all in all, a really great premiere for season two. Fully agree. It set up a lot of stuff. It left us with a lot of questions. But also, like, I'm excited to see, you know, where it goes. I mean, obviously, we know because we've watched it all. But I'm excited to talk about it every episode and just the progression of even going back and rewatching episode one to talk about it tonight there was like seeing the things that we've seen now mm-hmm. in the last seven episodes and then um re re-seeing them in a different light has been interesting so it'll be i think we're gonna have a, f- a fun couple of weeks talking about yeah this. me too and i'm so excited too because the world just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and the set pieces and the, you know, different places that we get to visit this season are just so incredibly beautiful yes. and cool. They are. And so uh, it's like season two so far is just such an improvement on season one. And we loved season one. So like. Yeah, I definitely don't think The Witcher is suffering from the sophomore slump. I'm gonna not. I'm going to go on record and say it is not, it has not suffered from the sophomore slump. Fully agreed. And look, if we're going to get the seven planned seasons what yeah yeah the conversation seven? is that the showrunner has seven seasons charted out oh my god i didn't that know that henry cavill is down for all seven seasons well of course he is so it's really just up to netflix to make sure that we for you know wow we get. well i mean i could see it they've done five seasons of the last kingdom and now yeah, they're doing a movie. that show gets zero promo. Exactly. So. Exactly. And again, this is once again a request to Netflix. Could you please give us the trailer for The Last Kingdom and tell us when it's going to air? Yeah, for real, We're going to ask you like every single episode until you give it to <laughs> us. We are going to kick off every episode with our annual begging. <laughs> yeah. For the season five trailer. Right. Please, for the love please, of please, please, all please. things. Yes. Well... I don't know. I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm so excited. There's just something about the Witcher universe that is like so much fun for me. I love it. It combines all of the things that I just truly, truly enjoy. So I could watch 800 hours of this show. I mean, for me, I feel like, I mean, I have, I watched Game of Thrones right from the beginning. I, you know, I read Game of Thrones before it came out. And so I, I watched all the seasons and 
The Witcher to me has the things that I liked about Game of Thrones and it doesn't have the things that I hated about Game of Thrones. You know? I Listen, I think having a female showrunner, I think seeing the response to season eight uh, probably, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, there should be, if we're going to get a period fantasy show, it should not be worse than Game of Thrones. Do you know what I'm saying? I sure do. They should be learning from Mm -hmm. that experience. And so I think with The Witcher, and I even think with Wheel of Time, which you guys know I love. Yes. They're all improving upon they are. They those are. things. I think it's, you know, it's that when you know better, do better. And, exactly. And they are. They I mean, there's yeah. a lot of shows that don't, but these these ones I'm I'm excited and impressed by because they are trying to make mm-hmm. it a show that holds the test of time in some ways. You know? Yeah. So, and I think knowing the books and knowing the video games, I think it gives the TV show enough material yes. to adapt. Yeah, and it makes it almost feel like a, like a third extent, like a brand new extension of what we've like. You know, it's I don't know. It just feels very much unique in its what we're seeing so far. I agree. While still sort of like pulling in the things we love about the characters and the stories yeah but being pretty independent Uh, no yeah for sure and it but and it does it in a way that like game of thrones didn't really you know with the whole like the books not being finished and Mm -hmm. you you know we're hearing that like possibly the ending of the books is not the ending of the tv show because the ending of the tv show went so badly like what like that is just like it is just like wild to me that that is even a thing that is considered. But anyway. I know. What do I know? <laughs> so. What do you know, Jenny? What do I know? Um, what do you, or what can you not stop thinking about right now? Well, me and um, uh, everyone else in the United States went to go see Spider-Man this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And I will just say kudos to my baby brother for finding a very small theater with seats that were very far apart from one another. Awesome. Those kinds of theaters that you can like order food in mm-hmm. and there's like maybe 50 seats in the entire room. Yeah. So like even though the world is sort of falling apart, I felt pretty safe in my little awesome. movie theater seat That's in the back good. corner. I rag a lot on superhero movies even though I am a huge fan. I've been reading comic books since I was a little kid. So like it's very much my favorite thing to do is like go and see an MCU movie or a Batman movie or whatever. Spider-Man No Way Home was probably one of the smartest, funniest, most heartwarming superhero movies I've ever seen. Like truly hands down. A huge improvement on some other ones out there right now. Awesome. I'm so excited to hear that. I mean, I love Tom Holland. Like I think he has... He has actually really good comedic timing. Like, he he actually, he's a very good actor. He's a great actor. And Jenny, he really carries every emotional beat of this movie. Like, I think this is his strongest performance that we've seen so far. Amazing. Well, I'm very excited to see it. I probably will definitely not be seeing it in the theater because <laughs> Ontario is crumbling uh, under the weight of Omicron right now. Fair. So I plan on going into hibernation mode for the next little while. But hopefully it comes out on video. You might streaming. be able to sail the seven seas. I don't know. It's possible. I'll find it some way. <laughs> but I won't spoil anything for those who might not have seen it yet. But I will say that I think you're going to really enjoy it. Because that's really good. Yes. I... Some outstanding performances by lots, lots of people. Oh, well, I'm happy to hear that. Because, you know, it's kind of like, it's one of the first new Phase 4 movies. So, of sorry, the MCU's Phase 4. It's mm-hmm. one of their new their fa- new Phase 4 movies. So I'm excited to see sort of where that goes because, you know, Venom 2 was kind of like, I felt like even though it wasn't technically the MCU, it kind of felt like it was a little bit. And as we're getting into it, you know, I'm I'm... I'm glad that Spider-Man is uh, giving us a good review um, and we'll see where the rest go. Yeah, and I will say I think they're going to try and plan for another trilogy with Tom. Like I think we're going to oh, get I hope so. a ton more. Please don't give me another Spider-Man. I cannot handle it. 
No, I think we're stuck with him for a while, which <laughs> okay, is good. That's great. And I will say that the end of this one really does set up a potential new trilogy in a really interesting, awesome, cool way. Great. I am super looking forward to it. What about you, Jenny? Is there anything you can't stop thinking about? <sighs> um. Well, Christmas is in five days. <laughs> now somehow christmas is in five days uh, from when we're recording you guys will get this uh the day before christmas eve but yeah i'm just getting ready for the holidays just making food and doing some baking and just finishing up um work from my day job and we're kind of wrapping up a little bit um towards the end of this week so just getting doing that and my kid is off school now until the 4th of January, so just trying to manage that. Oh but yeah, um, no, I um, just, that's basically about it. Just like getting a lot of stuff done. We're traveling over the holidays for a little bit. A very small traveling to see a small group of people. Yeah. Just, you know, to be safe. And we're doing all the rapid tests and everything, so... So yeah, so yeah, we're doing that, and I'm, that's basically all I'm focused on right now. I'm hoping to um, be able to do some reading over the holiday break, and I finally want to start Wheel of Time because I'm finishing The Witcher tonight, so I'm hoping we'll get to start Wheel of Time probably next week, I think, when we're back from the holiday. Yes, which is great timing because the finale is this Friday. Oh, perfect. So I won't have yes. to wait. <laughs> I am eagerly awaiting. Yeah. Awesome. Ah, awesome, there's awesome. so much happening this week. There's the Hawkeye finale. There's the Wheel of Time finale. I'm watching it because I am a I'm in love with Haley Steinfeld. Okay, she's good. And I I would watch it. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe we'll add that to our list. I would. I would. I would say that Hawkeye is one of my favorite comic book characters. I would say that Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye is not one of my favorite superhero movie characters. But um, Haley really kills it, for yeah. sure. I just don't particularly like Jeremy Renner. I'll have to suspend that disbelief in order to watch the show. But I will endeavor to, because I do love uh, Haley Seinfeld a lot. Yeah, I feel similarly. Okay, folks, have a wonderful holiday. We yes. hope you eat lots of turkey or roast beef or... Whatever vegan tofu turkey you are going to eat for your holiday, we hope you are able to see your friends and family. And if you're not, we hope you are able to celebrate in a way that gives you joy in some, in some small ways. And thanks so much for all of your support over the last almost six months. It's crazy hard to believe that this is episode oh 22. God. I don't know where it went, but uh, it's been a real pleasure. It has been an amazing ride thus far. Yes. It really has. Um, and we're very excited to start this uh, Witcher journey with all of you. So please, if you could rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or rate us on the new uh, Spotify rating system, we would greatly appreciate it. And also, if you are looking for a app to listen to podcasts, Good Pods is also an option for you. And there's a rating system on there. So just hit us up on all the places. Um, if you want to listen to back episodes over the holidays, you can find us at www.hotelvicarious.com. Or you can email us uh, hotelvicarious at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on social media We'll be here the whole Christmas holidays <laughs> tweeting about The Witcher. And you can find us at Hotel Vicarious, at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Woo! I know. That was a whole... I know. That was awesome. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for checking in to Hotel Vicarious. And we hope you enjoyed your stay. <laughs>